When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Today's podcast is presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma proudly sponsors the University of Oklahoma Athletics. KJ Kidler will kick off the podcast coming up in mere moments. We'll talk with Jessica Cootie to get her perspective on Pro Day. Yeah, remember Pro Day was just last week. What does now the new normal look like for the future NFL prospects that played for the Sooners on Saturday last year? We'll talk to Jess about it. And Dr. Dale Bratzler will wrap up the podcast with us, the Enterprise Chief Quality Officer for OU Medicine. Can't wait to get his perspective on the new normal and tips that we need to apply and maybe hopefully dispel some of the nonsense that's out there as well, too. So that's coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We have a lot coming up. In fact, next week on the podcast is Baseball Week. We'll recap the season with Skip Johnson. And I can't wait for you guys to hear Ryan Gaines, the Director of Operations. That's next week. And plus, we got Mark Williams coming up on the podcast, Patty Gasso. Uh, there is a ton to get to on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Despite the fact that we don't have games, we'll definitely have information, including Joe Castiglione. Hey, did you know that you can order your groceries online and have them delivered or pick them up curbside? To place your order, visit homelandstores.com. 
Please help us help those at risk. The first hour of each day will be dedicated to senior customers and those who have a medical condition that make them vulnerable to COVID-19. Store hours can be found at homelandstores.com slash store locator. Earlier this week, Toby Rowland had a chance to catch up with KJ Kindler and an incredible perspective from the coach on how she found out that her season was over and that her team would not be able to compete for a championship. Yeah, okay. So uh, everything happened, you know, rapidly, as you know. Um, we, You know, we have been listening um, in the media, obviously, about the virus and how it had been spreading. My assistant coaches did bring it to my attention. And, you know, we had seen a few things from um, legendary gymnastics coach, Greg Marsden from Utah was tweeting quite a bit and he was predicting that the NCAA championships would be canceled. And I, um, they had told me this and I was just in disbelief of that completely. <laughs> I, I said, Oh, I, I really doubt that's going to happen. I really just did ha- didn't have any belief that this was possible. So that was a couple weeks ago. And, and really, you know, obviously things had been progressing and on Thursday, Thursday is really when everything was just, it was a whirlwind. Um, on, on Wednesday night, I talked to Joe Castiglione, and we were talking about our Minnesota trip and, and kind of debating whether we should go or not. You know, it was direct flight. Didn't think it was, you know, thought that was a pretty good situation since it was a direct flight, even though it was commercial. Um, you know, this was obviously a meet Maggie had been looking forward to the entire year um, and and the way it was kind of set up for her to finish her career in the regular season in her home state uh, at a, you know, with a sold out crowd, you know, it wasn't something I, I really wanted to cancel, (laughs) you know? So we were talking through it and um, he was, he was indicating to me that he was concerned and and he was going to sleep on it. And the next morning, you know, real early, he had decided we were going to cancel that. Um, you know, I was bummed for sure, but we were like, okay, I still, I still had no projection in my mind that in the next six hours, everything would be canceled. So, um, you know, I, I canceled that. Uh, I called the coach there early morning on Thursday. Um, and then I went on James, uh, Hale's show at like 1140 on Thursday yep. and literally 10 minutes earlier, the, the Big 12 had been canceled. And I, I, I was stunned how quickly that happened. And obviously, like that, you know, we, that's an important meet for us. And we were like, okay. And then the, um, you know, and then the NCAA is by three o'clock. And we, we practiced, you know, we went into practice, we had a team meeting. And we talked about how we were going to handle a fanless championship and, and how we were going to be prepared and what we were going to do to make sure we were prepared and what that meant. You know, what does that mean? How do we create our own energy on the floor without fans there? And, um, you know, we've really been accustomed to having great fans. Um, these last couple of years, our fans have grown here uh, in Norman and, and the crowds have been huge. And um, it's been a really great experience for our team. And so we've, we've become accustomed to having that energy in the room. And, and so we talked about that and, and everybody was really on board. I mean, we were, they were upset about Minnesota, but I don't think they had any idea what was, <laughs> what was mm-hmm. to come, you know? Um, and then uh, during practice, um, I got a call from Lindsay, our sports uh, information director for gymnastics, Lindsay Morrison. 
And I picked up the phone and she said, everything's, you know, it's all been canceled. And I said, thanks. Talk to you later. And I just, you know, acted like, because my, they were watching my every move. Every, if I picked up my phone, they wanted to know what, what I was looking at. They were, they were nervous. Um, anyway, we finished, uh, that rotation in gymnastics. We do like, you know, that was the rotation you were on. So some people were on bars, some people were on beam. We finished that rotation and, Rounded up in the as soon as I told them all to go go back in the team room, which we'd already been in there. We don't go in there that often, you know. Our meetings are usually, you know, pertinent. They knew something and was up. So, yeah, when I said let's go back in the team room, they knew. And uh, so we just sat. I sat them down and and I gave them the news, and it was just tears. You know, it was just honestly, like in some cases, hysterics. Like it was. It was really, really sad. And, um, you know, our seniors, oh, my gosh, they were beside themselves. It's hard to even, like, because, you know, a lot of times as a coach, you can prepare for that moment. Okay, think through how you're going to deliver it. What are you going to say? How are you going to do it? <laughs> and there was, no, there was no time. And uh, it, was just, it was just really tough, really tough. And uh, we sat in there for a while, 45 minutes, and really it was pretty silent, you know. Um, a few people spoke up, but really it was just people thinking, I think, and, like, processing it. And uh, after that, you know, we, you know, we dispersed and, and met again the next day. Um, and I told them all, you know, they needed to find a way home and, and they needed to... Um, you know, not return till April 6th. I mean, it was just surreal. It still is. I woke up this morning. I'm like, I'm supposed to go to work today. <laughs> and honestly, since Thursday, I don't even know what to do with myself. I mean, I'm a coach. That's what I do. I go in and I, I coach athletes. I think about strategies. I plan for the next competition. Um, I can't go recruiting. And so, like, it's about written correspondence right now. Like, I'm just thinking through how can I make an impact right now. Um, and I've been writing my athletes every day and, you know, sending them ideas. And, and, they, uh, and they've been, you know, inquiring, what can we do to stay in shape, you know, and because really they're, they're locked out. They're locked out of the gym pretty much anywhere they go in America. You know, everyone's shutting down, even the small gyms across the country. So, um, and then you have Mark Williams situation where he has um, several men training for the Olympics and nowhere to go. And it's just, it's just crazy. And I know we, we know that the, we don't know if the Olympics will happen, but right now they're happening and, and those, those guys need to continue to prepare. And it's going to be interesting how creative we can get here. <laughs> I don't know. Gymnastics just isn't an outside sport. Yeah, not everybody has a balance beam in their backyard or uh, no. in the garage. Sorry, that um, was really long, but you wanted details. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I wanted. I, I really appreciate it. That's what I wanted. Um, I was prepared. I mean, as well as I could for the devastating news that the NCAA tournament was going to be canceled. I was holding my breath; it wouldn't. But when it came down, I wasn't shocked. I was shocked when they announced that the spring championships had been canceled. So that whole thing was uh, just, just I can't imagine the seniors that moment. It's, um, you know, for one moment, that the light bulb got turned off. Really, in about 24 hours, the light bulb got turned off. So I can't imagine what they were going through. Are you, uh, yeah. you going to get a banner? 
I don't know, Toby. It's kind of it's kind of you're all the, cha- up in the You're air, the champs. You know? I'm declaring you if it helps the T Row in the Morning <laughs> Show national champions this year. So All right. You, well you, you were the unequivocal number one team in the nation this year. I think you should get a banner. Thank you. Well, you know, we are we're planning a championship photo shoot for sure when everyone gets back here because we do that. That's a tradition we have every year we win and and like you said, I feel like we position I can never I can never announce us national champions, but we certainly positioned ourselves better than any other team in the country. You know, had the highest average score, the highest NQS. We were undefeated number one every week of the season, you know, but you could you never know yeah. what could happen at that championship, but we were certainly the best prepared we could be. Listen, Alabama's got football national titles from the Rotary Club in Tuscaloosa, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, you just won a national championship from this radio show. What do you well, what do you think you. uh what do you think Maggie Nichols uh will do? What do you think her career path will be? Um she has planned to be our student coach next year. She's going to finish school, um, graduating in December. Um, and she, you know, she's, she's wanting to coach. That's something that's kind of in her blood, I think. And I can see her doing that. Absolutely. Um, she's also expressed interest in, uh, commentating for TV. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I kind of think coaching is more, um, in her wheelhouse and something that she's a little bit more passionate about, but we'll see, you know, I think she's um, going to do some motivational speaking. I think that she'll probably have um, a very busy schedule, you know, coming up here when this, this all settles down. Yeah. Well, my heart she breaks for her back. You know, she announced, I think um, many people saw on Instagram and, and uh, that this was her final Final meet, and and I think a lot of people, um, they just think those seniors can take that extra year. Um, in gymnastics, I've only had one athlete take that extra year, Brenna Dow, and so it's it's just really just tough too hard for on their bodies to take five. Yeah, they not not just that, Maggie. You know, some people are healthier than others. Maggie was pushing herself mm-hmm. through um, physically. You know, through. Um, that knee injury, which occurred before she even arrived on campus, that's four years of um, enduring kind of that lack of having a meniscus in your knee. <laughs> and yeah, they, they cut out most of it and the rest of it retracted. And so she's bone on bone in there. And, and we've had to be very um, cautious about how we train her. So I just think that, you know, though, though in her heart, I know she would love to come back and do it again. I think physically she she probably couldn't be, um, you know, she only did, does things at a certain level, Toby. <laughs> and so yeah. she wouldn't do them unless she could do them at that level. All right, I got one more question. I was going to say goodbye, but I got one more question. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to Joe a few times the last few days. He's just wrecked by this. Uh, we had Skip on earlier in the show, you know, his yeah. head spinning. You're a coach, so everything we've talked about is about your kids. But, like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, this has got to be this. Uh, how hard is this on you? Yeah, I mean, it is hard. Like I mentioned, you know, um, I'm used to going into the gym every day and and kind of, you know, making plans, setting goals, all of that, and it's come to a halt. And it's very, um, it's very interesting. I'm I'm 
I'm kind of thinking about how I'm going to handle this time and how I'm going to re-motivate my team when they do come back because, you know, there will be a lot of, um, a lot of motivational issues, I think, because these kids worked so hard, positioned themselves so well, and rug pulled out, you know. Um, you have to convince them, hey, this isn't going to happen again, <laughs> you know, because right. uh, they need to know it's all worth it. You know, and so everything they trained for this year just kind of got pulled out from under them. And, and it's no fault of anyone's, but it's still the real situation. And so you really have to um, do a great job as a coach motivating them to know that next time, you know, we're going to those national championships and we'll be there. And this, this day is worth working hard for. Um, so, I mean, you know, and personally, you know, I've, I've got my kiddos at home and I don't get to spend a lot of time with them. You yeah. know, I'm on the road a lot during this time. I don't see them much. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take that moment while they're home for spring break and while we're all here locked in the house and, um, kind of reconnect with them a little bit. I mean, th- that's one thing that I don't, I don't get a lot of time, um, to do. So I'm going to take advantage of that, um, but other than that, you know, just doing what a coach does and and thinking about the next the next season. KJ's great. You can follow everything going on with the OU women's gymnastics team at OU underscore W gymnastics on Twitter. Uh, obviously heartbreaking, but you can tell from the perspective that KJ gave. There's a there's a team picture and the idea that this squad had a chance to win a national championship. Hey, blood can't wait. Go to Oklahoma Blood Institute Donor Center today to save a life. And Courtyard Marriott, room to recharge. Courtyard offers the comfort of a hotel that is close to home or work with plush bedding and flexible workspaces and fast and free Wi-Fi at a reasonable price. Jessica Cootie joins us right now. And Jess, what's the new normal look like for you? Last Wednesday, I did Pro Day, and then it was about to be, you know, it's kind of been the craziest month I feel like ever of my life. And then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt, right? Like, you know, I'd been doing so much basketball and then was kind of prepared to do, preparing to do, um, you know, softball. And then all of a sudden it just kind of unfolds. And it's just crazy how it's like, I would be with the men's basketball team right now. And it's, you know, for the NCAA tournament, and it seems like all of this unfolded like three months ago. You know, it's just crazy. Um, but you know, you you do what you got to do, and it's 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 wild times for sure. But it's been kind of a surreal. Like I I just never really thought it was going to go to the extent that it has, to the magnitude that it has, and obviously I understand why it has. But you just never think that it's. Like, you think, okay, um, and, and, and I think when it got real for me is when the NBA canceled everything and kind of suspended everything because I was actually doing a shoot with um, Jalen Hurts. It was uh, last Wednesday night, and um, we were doing a shoot with Jalen, and it was like there was something weird going on at the Thunder game, and everyone was kind of speculating, kind of trying to figure out what was going on at the Thunder game, and then all of a sudden, like, by the end of the shoot, because uh, it was with Coach Simmons' son, Cannon, by the end of it, Coach Simmons was like, the NBA just postponed their season or just suspended their season. And I said, what? And so you kind of had a feeling that once the NBA domino fell, a lot of the other dominoes would fall. And 
then it was just a matter of trickling down of, okay, so then basketball happened, and then you just you don't really think that it's going to happen to all of the spring sports, but then here we are, and it's just kind of one by one the dominoes fell, and uh, yeah, it's crazy time. So when did it kind of register with you that obviously we all realized, oh, no, we're not getting the – the Big 12 tournament with fans, but then when it was canceled, did did you hold out hope that we would still get the NCAA tournament, or had you kind of accepted, like you said, that we weren't going to play the NCAA tournament at all? I think it was kind of a, a given once everything kind of un, unfolded, and you know, with all the talk of how, how to maybe postpone it, but I just don't know how you can. You know, I mean, you talk about some of these – just the magnitude of how you think about not just basketball, but then you think about men's golf. They've been the number one team in the country, right? And now here, um, you know, Quaid Cummins posted on his Instagram the other day that, you know, he had declared for the, the pro tour. So it means, you know, his eligibility is done. And, you know, you think about someone like Christian Doolittle, who's very much pro ready, maybe whether that's here or overseas, he can go make money somewhere. So you just think about the magnitude of, of, you know, some of these things that that halted a lot of special things that could have been a very special spring for OU Athletics. Um, It's just kind of um, shocking, I think, a little bit. And so I think um, it was just, uh, wow, there's no basketball tournament. And and you understand that and you get that because then it's like, and it's just going to be so hard to, like, you know, postpone that or reschedule that and you know when people were talking about how they might could still play it I just didn't know how there'd be any way possible that they get to do that so then you start thinking oh there's just going to be a break for some of these spring sports and then they'll be back you know and then all of a sudden then now that's all canceled and so it's just you know again you think about what could have been but you you understand I totally understand you know why everything unfolded the way that it did but you can't help but sit back and think about, you know, Maggie Nichols and, um, you know, this baseball team that, that um, you know, they felt like was one of the best teams that they put together in quite some time and uh, the golf team and the gymnastics teams and just all these things that was kind of setting up to be a very special spring that just comes to a screeching halt. That's that's the thing for me is you're, you're always going to have this feeling of unfinished business. I think I you know, Jess, you you had covered her much closely or much more closely than I had. Just conversations here or there with with Maggie, but in, in sitting with KJ as we do weekly, I, I I guess it never really registered with me until I started digging even deeper. Just how much she had overcome, and to to know that this team, this women's gymnastics team, was positioned for a championship. I mean, they really were, and her for a, you know her third individual, probably all around championship. That's a gut punch baseball playing as well as they had. I mean, I, I know that this is a lot of revisionist history, but we all get it. We understand it, but it doesn't make it stink any less whenever you saw so many teams, softball, that were positioned for what I felt like were big-time runs in the postseason. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think people get caught up in, well, you're going to get your year of eligibility back. Well, it's not that simple, you know, and that, that's still a work in progress, number one. There's still a lot of things that have to be figured out by that. But number two, a lot of these seniors, like I mentioned, you know, these golfers that are going, you know, on Quake, Quake Cummins could have declared pro, you know, what, a couple of years ago. Um, he could have gone last year, but came back to win a national title, another one. 
And, you know, so just you think about stories like that, that, um, you know, one of the best golfers uh, in the Big 12, if not the country, you know, wanted to come back for his senior season because, you know, his buddies had had graduated, Brad Dahlke, but he he had the redshirt year, so came back, wanted to win a national title. But, you know, he very easily could have gone pro a year ago. Probably won't see him as a Sooner again, you know what I mean? Like, um, baseball the same way. A lot of these juniors that are outstanding have already set themselves up to be drafted pretty high in the major league baseball draft, you know, so probably not going to see some of those guys in a baseball uniform again, regardless. Now, I, I, again, there's still a lot to be determined with the eligibility and how that might affect um, certain players uh, and their decisions. But, you know, the, the inevitable is a lot of these juniors and seniors that have done what they've needed to do to set themselves up for a professional career who knows if if we we will see them again and see that team those teams together again so yeah it's just again but you can't um you can get caught up in you know how disappointing it is but it's also like look again Oklahoma once again was poised to be one of the most dominant more dominant programs in these spring sports and you still have while you're seeing a lot of these upperclassmen maybe leave maybe not come back who knows you still got a lot of underclassmen, a lot of freshmen. Gymnastics, yes. Maggie Nichols, unbelievable. I think no matter what, like uh, some people say she could have cemented herself as the best in college gymnastics history. I think there's no doubt about it. I think there were more 10s to come. I think, I mean, look, she, she was poised to get a 10 on any event any given night. I think the more 10s were to come, she probably would have defended her all-around title. She is that much of a gamer. I think she submitted herself. But then you think about Olivia Troutman's going to come back and be ha- uh, completely healthy. Reagan Smith, you know, one of those um, gymnasts that came from the world scene, the uh, team United States that was one of the best uh, before she got here. Boy, they, they say she could be the next Maggie Nichols. You've got a lot of freshmen and sophomores. Anastasia Webb, who was maybe overshadowed a little bit by Maggie, going to come back for her senior year. You've, you're absolutely loaded. While you lose, do lose some incredible seniors, AJ builds this program where you reload, right? And so I think it's, it's softball going to reload. Look how many freshmen they had. And, you know, Skip Johnson had one of the best recruiting classes in the Big 12. They're young, too, even though they are losing some key guys. You still have, while it is sad to see some of these upperclassmen not get a chance, you still have a lot of incredible underclassmen that will be able to come back and you got to think there's a lot of fire underneath them. Just for you, I mean, you're all, I mean, constantly either at Sooner Vision or at a team facility. I, I'm in awe of how you've been able to stay sane during all of this so far. To be honest with you, Chris, I needed a little bit of, I didn't get a vacation or any oh, time okay. off since last summer. So normally I just continue to push through during this time, right? Like, so. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure here, like, I'll start getting a little stir-crazy. But, you know, the thing about it is, um, you know, we've had a couple of uh, meetings and then we've had conference calls. And and at Sooner Vision, Sooner Sports TV, SoonerSports.com, we've got a game plan moving oh, forward. We're, things don't stop. We're going to continue to push out content for our fans. I mean, you know, sports is, you know, that, that like you mentioned, I mean, 
sports is kind of an outlet for people, right? And it's right. kind of what people look forward to. And so it's, it's been tough on a lot of people to not have something to kind of have an outlet and to have something to look forward to. So, um, you know, we're going to do what we can to provide that out, outlet as best as we can. We have, you've seen it, the most extensive archive, I think, in all of college sports with some of the, uh, you know, classic games and some of the, you know, you think about the NCAA tournament would be starting. We're going to look back at some of the, um, you know, runs through the final to the final fours with some of Billy's teams and, uh, you know, some of those great runs of the NCAA tournament. We can look back on football, uh, baseball, all kinds of, um, you know, great archived content that we can pull out and look back on. Plus, you know, just another incredible season of OU Athletics, even though it was cut short, still saw a lot of incredible feats. So we're going to try to continue to do our part to kind of bring the joy that sports brings in any way that we can. And so it's not like my job stops. You know, I, I did take a little bit of a breather. Um, I, it's not even been that long because, again, I, as of last Thursday, I was preparing to do a softball game for Friday, or for Saturday. Um, and shooting some stuff with football guys that were back. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to work on my featured shows. We're going to push those out a lot earlier now. Usually we wait till the summer. So, um, you know, some of the best features throughout the, this entire year, we're going to start pushing those shows out. So I've been working on that here the last couple of days, getting those kind of accumulated, kind of trying to figure out what I want to put in what shows. But, you know, it, it kind of, you, you go through the grind and you kind of forget about some of the stories that you've done and just looking back at, uh, you know, some of the, the cool off-the-field, uh, you know, aspects to some of these athletes, again, revisiting some of those. And then we'll, we'll have some new content. Um, I, I mentioned I did a shoot with Jalen Hurts uh, with Cannon Simmons. Uh, look out for that. That is going to be the cutest thing ever. Uh, Jalen has kind of gotten a, um, you know, kind of a pers- persona of kind of being very closed off and not, showing a lot of personality right and canon simmons is the way to break into that personality is all i'm saying he gets it you're, you're going to get to see another side of jalen hurts um that you, you don't really get to see too often so i'm kind of working on that we'll roll that out leading up to the draft and thank goodness for the nfl right that they're still rolling on as scheduled yeah speaking of that you happen to be at pro day front and center on wednesday and not only did you get a chance to watch CeeDee Lamb workout, got a chance to kind of see a little bit of Jalen Hurts, but you had a chance to talk with Kyler Murray, who has a new weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, but I know he's kind of still pushing for CeeDee to be there. How was uh, how was Kyler, and how excited is he for the future in Arizona? Blank, you and I have talked about this a lot, right? I think, I think Kyler is so underrated as, like, a favorite sooner. You know, I don't think maybe because he only got to play a year, maybe people didn't get to know him as well, but... I just, and, and the more, like, because he, I guess because he did so many interviews, he's just so open now, and, you know, it just he's so, such a joy for me to get to talk to. Um, and so he, he was really honest about a couple of things. I, I thought it was, it was awesome to hear him kind of talking about how he made a push. He made sure that the people in Arizona knew that he would love to get CD in Arizona. He said, obviously, I know that it's, they've got a job to do and how they do it. I'll fully support, but he is like, I'm, I made it known that I think CD would be a great addition. <laughs> and um, so I thought that was kind of funny. And, but you know, he said, wherever CD winds up, he's going to go do big things. 
And he said, obviously, I'd love for it to be with me, but if it's not, he just went. And and again, kind of, we've talked a little bit about what Kyler has said about CD, but just on and on and on about why CD will make it big and, and be able to play um, in the league and make a splash in the league. And just like Marquise Brown did, which, by the way, Marquise Brown is put on a lot of weight. He is ripped. His arms, I don't know if you guys saw he was wearing a tank top. He's definitely been hitting the weight room since uh, Baltimore uh, got beat out. I saw that. He was actually working out with Antonio Brown, uh, his cousin, and they put that on social media the other day, and he looked like a different player. It's like, who is that Marquise Brown? It's crazy. I told him that, you know, because he's always been one. Because I did the feature on him at the beginning of last year talking about how everyone says he's too small, he's too small, he's too small, right? And so, and he constantly, it's a constant fight for him to put on weight. And even, you know, once you get in a season, you lose, you know, you lose it. But, uh, you know, it's funny. When I saw him, I was like, dang, you put on some weight, some muscle. And, you know, he's just grinning from ear to ear because it, like, makes him so happy to hear people say that, you know, um, that people have noticed. And so he was talking to Tasha Simmons, Dennis, uh, Dennis Simmons' wife, and she's like, man, everybody's telling you that. So it is definitely noticeable that he has definitely put on some, some uh, I don't know, I guess it would be, I don't know how much weight he's put on, but he's definitely put on, um, put on some muscle. Jess, before we let you go, um, I, I know that it's only been a week, but it seems like a month. Did anyone really catch your eye at Pro Day? Was there anyone looking back now? I know that you know, Parnell Motley had the good 40 time. Um, Neville Gallimore did more than I thought he was going to do. Jalen Throne, anything really kind of stick with you from last Wednesday? You know, I, I don't know because, like, I'm kind of running around doing interviews, so I don't get to watch, like, every single second of the, the whole ordeal. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is that I, I talked to Coach Riley about it after, too, and I think the the biggest thing that I kind of always take away, and you hear from scouts, and you, and maybe this is more so an overall perspective as opposed to one person, but just every single year, and it, it kind of never really ceases to amaze me that you hear these scouts come in, these GMs, and they want to employ Oklahoma guys because they know that they're going to handle their business right, and they know that they're going to translate well to the NFL. And whether that be they make the team as a free agent or they're on the practice squad, whatever that might be, you know, you get them, you, you get sign these guys to get through camp. There's a lot of different roles that these teams rely on OU guys to play. And I think that's one thing that you hear year in and year out is how well they are prepared to handle their business throughout this whole ordeal through the interviews, through the whole testing process. And, and so that was one thing that coach Riley talked about is how proud he was of how the guys have kind of handled the whole process. Cause it's not easy. It is not any, you know, I think people maybe take for granted how tough the situation can be and how stressful it can really be. Um, but again, you're talking about, it's almost like they're going through a, professional already kind of situation at Oklahoma so that, you know, they're, they're prepared for it. They're better prepared for it than a lot of guys at a lot of different programs. And they make no bones about it. Um, you know, professional teams talking about that. The guys that come back, I got a chance to talk at length with Orlando Brown about that, about how, you know, he w- was prepared, even though people doubted him after his 
combine or whatever, all of his testing, then he goes and what he makes a Pro Bowl. So, you know, but he talked about how Bill Beatenbow and, and the things that he had to do at Oklahoma prepared him for that. It was not as, it was not, I won't, don't want to say an easy transition, but it was an easier transition because of the things he learned at Oklahoma. So I think that's kind of one thing that I continue to take away year in and year out, even despite maybe this not being, it's still a big draft because, or big draft for Oklahoma because you got a lot of guys that are uh, first round, fringe first round, but you don't maybe potentially have that number one overall pick like we've had in the last couple of years, but it still is these teams are seeking out these Oklahoma guys. They want these Oklahoma guys on their roster. And I think it, it never changes. And it's just, even though the personnel is different, how the, the, the guys that are here that look different, it's still kind of the same messaging year in and year out. Yeah, we'll have tons of draft content still to come on the Sooner Sports Podcast. I mean, I'm jacked up, as many of you know, for the NFL draft. Still going to happen on April 23rd, but obviously there won't be the live event walking into the fountains at Bellagio with guys like CeeDee Lamb and Kenneth Murray, likely first-round picks. But we'll still have plenty of draft content to talk about here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, which is brought to you by Raisin Cane's. The best chicken finger meals are served hot, fast, and fresh just for you. And that is exactly what you get at Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Restaurants are open and ready to serve you through drive through or takeout. One love, Raisin Cane's. All right, let's get some perspective on what has been obviously a, a shocking, uh, scary at times, but also a week of understanding. Dr. Dale Bratzler, the Enterprise Chief Quality Officer for OU Medicine, joins us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Obviously, we're, we're, we're dealing with a pandemic here, but has it been frustrating to you as you follow the flow of information and trying to really disseminate quality and, and, and the right information as opposed to maybe how social media can distort and turn things and make it rather confusing? Well, that's a really good question. I, you know, I've made it a point, uh, at least within my own social media, to try to uh, make sure that I'm putting facts out and trying to debunk some of the myths that have been out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think those of us that are in healthcare. Our, our biggest concern is that folks haven't been taking this this pandemic seriously enough. Um, you know, when you look at the uh, number of cases, there were 14,250 cases reported in the United States this morning. Um, th this is a pandemic that's growing rapidly in our country, and we really do need to take the information from public health officials really seriously at this point. With that in mind, obviously there's some very simple things here. So I, I, I wanted to just go through the best practices. I understand that for some people like, oh, I, I get it, wash our hands, but we really can't stress that enough, right? That's absolutely correct. Remember, there are a variety of ways that this virus is transmitted between um, person persons, basically person-to-person -person transmission. So one way is if you're around somebody that's coughing or sneezing, obviously there's always the potential that you could inhale the virus particles that float in the air or the small droplets that are formed when you cough or sneeze. So that's one concern. But the other one that we're actually very concerned about is contaminated surfaces. So when a person has symptoms of the disease and they're speaking, coughing, uh, or sneezing, the surfaces around them potentially are contaminated so that if you put your hands on those surfaces, you could contaminate your hands with the virus and then just try to 
keep from touching your face. Just putting your hands on your face, around your mouth, your nose, your eyes has the potential to carry that virus from that surface up to your mucosa membranes where you can get infected. So that's why we're so heavily emphasizing hand hygiene to do it between all encounters. Um, do it, you know, as often as you can because that will help uh, reduce the transmission of this infection. Thus, obviously, the, the run-on as I sit here with a couple of like the Lysol wipes and different things of that nature because it helps kill all the, the bacteria and the germs, right? Absolutely. And, and I would suggest that you don't have to necessarily buy some of the commercial wipes to do that. You know, uh, dilute solutions of Clorox bleach will kill most uh, bacteria and viruses and others. So, but keeping surfaces clean, but in particular, since you're going to, it's very, very difficult to do anything without touching a doorknob, touching a stair rail or something else. Uh, just be mindful of, of uh, hand hygiene, hand washing as often as possible. Um, to help prevent the transmission of the infection. Can you, uh, can you lay out the importance of quarantine and why it's necessary in this situation? So let me just give you a couple of facts. So I, I just told you that this morning uh, there were 14,250 reported cases of COVID-19 in the United States. And currently in the United States, the number of cases that are confirmed has been doubling about every four days. So if you assume that we continue that pathway, that the number of cases doubles every four days, then within 40 days or 10 cycles, there will be 7.2 million cases of COVID-19 confirmed in the United States. If you look at Oklahoma data, as of yesterday, the state health department reported 44 cases. Uh, however, if we continue to double the number of confirmed cases every four days, then within 40 days, we would be at somewhere around uh, a little over 22,000 confirmed cases in Oklahoma. So that's the concept of transmission of this infection. It transmits readily and rapidly. And the best thing we can do slow that since there is no treatment, there is no no vaccine, uh, and the vac and this particular virus is a new one, so nobody is immune to it. The best thing we can do is social distancing. To stay at home, certainly don't go out if you're ill. Certainly don't go around sick people. Try to avoid crowds. Do not go around the elderly or those people who are chronically ill because they are at the greatest risk of the complications of the disease. But that's why we're so actively promoting this concept of social distancing to keep people from being around others. Obviously, if we have a patient that tests positive, we put them into what we're calling self-isolation uh, and recommend that they stay at home and stay away from other family members uh, until we can test them and their tests come back negative. I, I, and again, this might seem a little odd as uh, we talked to Dr. Dale Bratzler. He is the Enterprise Chief Quality Officer for OU Medicine. Um, I feel like in some of the things you see, and I think it's good, this sounds horrible, but I think it it resonates. I probably shouldn't say good. I think it resonates with people when they see celebs like Tom Hanks and people like in the sports world, Sean Payton. But yet when they show pictures of them, it's like, hey, they're smiling and they're in isolation and there's their dog. That's This isn't all fun and games. I, I, I just... I hope you can help us dispel this notion that uh, once you get in quarantine, uh, if you have it, you're fine. I mean, people are dying from this, and this isn't the cold or the flu. This is a much different world when it comes to that. Absolutely. So, uh, 
in the United States, there have been 205 reported deaths. We had our first reported death in Oklahoma uh, a couple of days ago, and we're going to have more deaths in Oklahoma. Uh, when we look at data, and here, here there's variation in the numbers that you'll find in social media and other places about what percentage of the patients get really sick with this particular illness. Um, the good news is um, most of us, like Tom Hanks and, and, and uh, others, will have a mild illness, a flu-like illness that doesn't require hospitalization. But if you look at multiple studies data now, the number I typically quote is somewhere around 8 to 10% of the patients who get the infection will get really sick um, and require hospitalization. Uh, a percentage of those patients will require intensive care unit uh, admission, and, and some of those will go on to develop severe viral pneumonia and require mechanical ventilation. Um, we don't know what the exact mortality rate of this disease is yet. Uh, the best estimates at the moment are somewhere around 1%. But remember, that's 10 times greater mortality than an infection with influenza, the, the flu that we see every year. So, so we do want people to take this really seriously. I can tell you in our hospital system, we're already seeing cases. We have a number uh, that are, are in the hospital that have tested positive. I think most hospitals in the state now are starting to see positive test uh, patients in their hospital that have tested positive. Um, and it, it, it's just the reality, as you saw from those numbers I quoted earlier, the doubling of the number of cases, we're going to see more people in hospitals. We're going to see more. The numbers of people who have serious illness are going to go up. I, I want you to help me dispel some misconceptions. Uh, I think we did a good job. You, you listen to me trying to sound cold. We, Doc, you and I. No, you did a great job of dispelling the comparison to the, the, the cold and the flu. But – what about those who say, oh, well, once summer gets here, that heat, it, it, it'll help kill off the virus. Is that is that true? Uh, so that's a really common question, and I wish I knew the answer to that. Okay. I think we're all, we're all hopeful that um, the uh, spread of this disease uh, slows down with the summer months, uh, but we don't know yet. Um, so it is true of other respiratory viruses like influenza, which is the one for which there is the most data, that, remember, it, it peaks every year in the fall and winter. Um, and that's possibly because of cold weather. It's possibly because of low humidity, which actually increases the transmission of the virus. Uh, we don't know exactly, but, but as you know, uh, seasonal influenza uh, goes away typically in the summer. And we saw another severe outbreak of coronavirus called SARS a number of years ago, where the same thing happened, that the, the uh, number of cases dropped off fairly dramatically um, um, in the summer months. Uh, that may happen, but we don't know at this point. The other thing about summer is it's a little bit easier to do social distancing Gotcha. When it's warm outside, uh, because more people are outside hiking, going to the lake, out, out in activities that don't get them congregated inside into crowded spaces. All right. I want to help you. I, I want you to help me out from the Facebook crowd, okay? Um, there is this belief that there is a link between taking ibuprofen and advancing the disease. In other words, uh, there's a story out there that those who have passed used ibuprofen can is this something we should steer clear of? I mean, can we shoot that down? Or what would be the concerns with ibuprofen over aspirin? So, um, the, that came out of a, a single a report that came out of France. Um, the World Health Organization did a quick review of all of the literature on this particular topic, recognizing there are no big studies 
of ibuprofen and COVID-19. But the World Health Organization came out two days ago and basically said they see no evidence of a clear linkage between ibuprofen and the severity of COVID-19 disease. So they, they state that if you need to take it because of fever or other symptoms, why it's okay. The other alternative is acetaminophen or a brand name Tylenol on the market that you can take um, as an alternative. Uh, but there's no clear evidence that ibuprofen is linked to the severity of COVID-19. I think, too, more than anything, right, what, what I'm getting from you, Doc, is we're still learning a lot. So if I were to say, hey, I, I saw where maybe increased melatonin levels might help, we have to step back and go, well, that, that, that's how, but we just don't know right now, do we? Absolutely. Uh, we gotcha. don't know. Um, and and I'm, the, the other thing I'm really cautious, always look at the source of that information, um, um, you know, because what I have found is some of the people or some of the groups that are out that actually sell supplements or other things are recommending certain types of supplements that may prevent the disease. And there is absolutely no data, medical data that shows that that's true. I think the bottom line here, Doc, and I know you're busy and we appreciate all your time, continue to practice social distancing. Um, if, po- if possible, stay home. And, and bottom line, just you know, hydrate if, if you have a little cough. I have allergies, so I cough. And it doesn't mean that I have COVID-19. It just means I need to be wor- wary of others whenever they're, they're around and do the vampire cough as we've had it and sanitize all your areas. I mean – Again, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's simple, just do this, but there, there are simple steps you can follow to help curb and, as you like, to, as those in your profession like to say, flatten the curve, right? Right. What we're explicitly talking about is that number of days that it takes to double the number of cases. If we can take that from four days to eight days, then the peak of the number of cases out there will go down dramatically. So that's explicitly why we're really promoting the concepts of social distancing. How, how are our, our healthcare professionals, how, how are our hospitals and our IC units handling things so far, Doc? Has it been manageable? So far, it's manageable in Oklahoma, though I would say that if you look at areas of the country like Washington State or New York, they're really stretched. Their healthcare services are stretched. We've had a lot of healthcare workers who've become ill with the disease, and once that happens, They're taken out of uh, treatment. Uh, They're not available to provide patient care. Um, And the other big thing that you probably heard a lot about is we have a shortage of what we call personal protective equipment, uh, masks, gowns, uh, things like that, that will help protect our healthcare workers. So so we're we're watching our inventories here at the University of Oklahoma very, very carefully. um, And we're limiting the use to the people who need it, who are taking care of the patients who need to. But um, it, it is a big problem right now. Great stuff. Great perspective. We appreciate the doc's time. Hey, and wrapping up, we want to remind you that the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by Whataburger, ready to serve. Whataburger's drive through online, and app ordering are open for guests while the dining rooms are closed. Whataburger. Hey, as we wrap up, want to let you know What's on tap here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, and it's presented by Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Stores, Farm Fresh, for over 50 years. Again, next week is Baseball Week. We'll hear from Skip Johnson and Ryan Gaines, the Sooner Director of Operations. Plus, throughout this next couple of months, we're going to sprinkle in on Saturdays some games, some some full play-by-play broadcast here on the, play, on the Sooner Sports Podcast platform. And we're going to bring you Dane Acker's no-no. 
We're going to do that next Saturday. So be looking for that as we celebrate the 2020 baseball season next week on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay socially aware of your social distancing. And until next week, Boomer Sooner, everybody.